0: Hey everybody, this is Two Dads Named Grant, episode 8. I'm Grant Vickery. And I'm Grant Overman. And this is an interesting episode, I think, because we're going to be talking about something called mental work or mental load. And it's something that I haven't thought about before until I read about it in a comic. And uh, it's kind of changed the way that I look at marriage relationships specifically. But even if you're not married or even if you're not in a relationship, if you live with somebody, I think this will be a relevant conversation today. Definitely,
1: definitely. Before we jump into that, I want to mention again our social media. So keep on the lookout for our Twitter account. That's TDNGcast. Cast. There on Twitter. We'll tweet episode updates and things like that. If you could give us a retweet, that would be amazing. In addition to a subscription on whatever your podcast finder of choice is although most of us probably use Apple, and even if we don't use Apple, whatever we're using secretly uses Apple, so you're on there whether you like it or not. That's actually true, yeah. (laughs) And I'd also like to mention, um, because it is November, and as we know for eons, the tradition in November has been to grow a mustache. Um, Not really. But I am participating in a Movember team. If you're not familiar with the Movember Foundation, you can find it um, at movember.com, and you can find our team. We are The Bro Dudes. So that's going to be <laughs> Movember.co slash The Bro Dudes with a hyphen in between every word. So the hyphen bro hyphen dudes. And you can find where we've been raising money. That's for awareness of men's health issues, specifically prostate and testicular cancer, as well as um, male suicide prevention, which if you did not know, 75% yeah. yes, of the attempted suicides in this country are men. So it's a very serious problem. We're trying to contribute in just
0: a small way. Wait, is it, and also, is it attempted or I, I, thought, uh, I thought women attempted more, but men, and this is a terrible word to use with this, but we're successful more.
1: Both. I think men attempt more as well.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't, yes. I didn't know that. Someone, um, someone can fact check us if, if you're wrong and then we can get an angry email, which my goal <laughs> all along, the whole reason I'm doing the podcast in general is to get an angry email. Right. Which if you want, want to email one.
1: us. You can email us at uh I believe it's tdngcast at gmail.com. Is that that right? is what it is. Yes. Yeah. tdngcast so can, yeah. at
0: gmail.com.
1: And hey, we actually, in all seriousness, would love any kind of feedback uh anybody that's listening has. Yes. Um Tell us how much you love us. Yeah, right, or how much you hate us. That can be helpful too. Um, either way. And so, yeah, those two things. So if if you're if you're interested at all in that, or if you've enjoyed the podcast, or if there's especially if there's someone in your life that has had to deal with one of those hard situations before. Head on over yes. there and you know throw us a couple bucks. It all goes to a good cause. If you donate with your MasterCard, they match hundred percent of the donation. Oh, hey. which is which is bonkers. That actually. is crazy. That especially because like who could imagine
0: actually owning a MasterCard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, I guess. <laughs> and so if you people got who want to support Men's Health, that's who. Yeah,
1: even five bucks. You know, skip your Starbucks coffee for the day and you know throw us five dollars and not us throw our team that is raising money for men right. all over yes $5. yes five dollars that'd be great so that's that's all of us all of our social media and things we've got going on and now we can talk about mental load
0: yeah and and really quickly though too on on this note if you're wondering why i think this merits some explanation if you're wondering why i'm not a part of the movember team i did do my part and i i did donate but you did. it was very I generous did. um but uh well it wasn't really generous let's i think was, any donation is generous it was it was generous <laughs> in the sense that all g- donations are generous yes right but um the reason that i am not a part of the team is because while it is some money to donate um if i actually shaved my beard my wife would stop loving me and i value her love very highly but she's geez, that's funny because she's my wife me loves me my less naked face. with a oh, mustache. Really? Mm, yeah, yes. yeah. It's a, it's a constant burden for
1: her, and so <laughs> to have to look at. You. I'm really taking one for the team here, uh-huh. yeah. and so is she. Let's all <laughs> thank Michelle. Michelle. Yes, yeah. <laughs> let's thank Michelle for allowing Grant to to look the way that he does. It, um, yeah, and I've been, the mustache is it's literally growing on me, but like just an emotional <laughs> attachment to it is growing on me as well, and so yeah. it doesn't bode well for her.
0: No, well I did uh, so I did that. Uh, I was Gomez Adams in a local like community theater production yeah that's right yeah. a while ago and i i had to i had no choice i had to sport a pencil thin mustache for this and first of all i got a lot of strange looks for it but second of all <laughs> by the time i was done with the show i was really sad to see it go because right a pencil mustache like man it's your little buddy <laughs> it's it's the closest
1: that i'll ever come to know what it's like to have a life grow inside me i think <laughs> It's, to look at something yes. so small and frail and just doesn't know its way in the world, it needs your protection that, constantly. Yeah,
0: exactly. You're always checking that app to see how much it weighs right now. My mustache <laughs> weighs the same as an avocado. Oh, oh boy, man, yeah. we won't, we won't fall into the non sequitur trap again. Um, not us. No, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, mental load, though. Yeah. So I, we, we both found that comic.
1: It was. We should shout out the creator of the comic. I believe her name is Emma, is that right? Yes, it's
0: Emma, and uh, it's a French comic mostly, so unless you speak French, it's not going to be a whole lot of use to you generally, but there's a handful of things uh, that have been translated, like her more popular work has been translated, and one of them is the Mental Load comic, and if you want to see the original comic, you can just Google Emma Mental Load, and it's like the third result.
1: If you just Google Mental Load, I think it's the first result, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, look at you. Mm-hmm. um i didn't i didn't know that <laughs> finding those first results uh but this this was an idea that i i think i was aware of on an unconscious level like you can observe this thing sort of happening you can observe this reality but i didn't i didn't actually notice it or i didn't i couldn't have put it into words anyway uh beyond that sort of general awareness that this is what was happening is was this a new idea to you
1: um it was i think that
0: or at least giving it a
1: name and describing it so succinctly. Like you said, I think it's something that if you really think about it, you know someone's doing this stuff. Um, hopefully, you know someone in your family is doing this stuff. Yeah. I would say for me, I definitely think back to, especially when I was like a teenage boy in my mm-hmm. house growing up yeah. and, you know, actively avoiding trying, you know, doing any of my share of the housework. Yeah, like you do. Uh, yeah, this kind of thing. Cause I, I can distinctly remember. You know, my mother telling me she wish I would do things without being asked. I'm like, why? If you if you need something, just ask for it. I don't mind. Like, that's fine. Yeah, and that's a uh, phrase we're
0: going to talk about a lot, too. Right. Is, why didn't it's never ask? occurring yeah. to me
1: how much goes into just asking someone for help. Yeah. So definitely it's something I'm fam- would f- familiar with because I have, I think, the proper amount of shame for, as a parent now, <laughs> how much stuff there is to do and how little, how, how non-helpful I was yeah. as a teenager, which I know a lot of us are. But um, I think it's an important milestone when you realize, oh, man. I was so useless. Yeah, well, uh, it, feeling guilty, list, feeling list guilty so.
0: about your past is a is a great way of knowing that you've grown or at least changed, right? If not grown, you've at least changed, right? If you look back and you're like, "My actions were justified and great," it's like you are the same person. But let's <laughs> t- let's talk about that term specifically, though. There's an example that Emma uses in this comic that I think is perhaps the clearest um, uh, example of this idea of the mental load of kind of running a household. So. She talks about in this comic what it's like to clear it. like how long does it take to clean off a table, right? Mm-hmm. This is the the example that she uses. And she picks up something to put it away, and as she's putting it away, she comes across a dirty towel. And so she takes the dirty towel into the, uh, to the laundry hamper, but the laundry hamper's full, so she goes to the washing machine. And on the way to the washing machine, she notices, like, oh, there's some stuff in the kitchen that needs to be put away, so she puts that away. And as she's putting it away, she notices there's, like, some things in the fridge that are either out of date or old or that they're out of that they need to go to the grocery store to get, and so that becomes another list. And basically, this kind of snowballs so that everything that she tries to do in this comic... To clean off this table leads to a series of other tasks and so cleaning off the table takes two hours right um and then you know at the end of the day the table is covered again um, by people just like sort of leaving things on it casually so there's the frustration of it took me two hours to clean this table because i had to do all these other tasks but there's also the idea that if i try to clean this table off i'm gonna run into these other tasks and that's compared with what happens if she asks her partner to clean the table and so she asks her partner to clean the table and it takes him five minutes because he takes the stuff on the table and he puts it away. But he ignores the towel. He doesn't put the food away that's on the, the counter in the kitchen. He doesn't notice that th- they need to get more food for dinner or these, they're out of these things they need. So there's a grocery trip built into there, right? There's all this other stuff yeah. that if you are the person who's responsible for making sure everything runs smoothly, you, you see it. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's obvious to you. Whereas if you are the partner who's not in charge, you don't bear the mental load for making the house run. When someone says, hey, clean off the table, you think, oh, I can do that. And it takes five minutes. And so this task that seems simple to you, to them is complicated because they know the other elements they're going to run across when they do it.
1: Right, right. I mean, it's, it's much easier to just receive orders and follow through on them than it is to decide what orders to give, right? Yes. I mean, we yes. see this, and, and they, she talks about this, she compares it to what you do at work all the time, especially if you're a manager, right? This is the burden you, where you have to think about not just your own job, but everybody else's, right? Right. And so, if you're having to come home, and especially if you have children, you're making sure everyone gets their homework done, and dinner's on the table, and they're clean, and they're in bed when they're supposed to, and all this kind of stuff. And again, your partner might have tasks, but if they are not contributing to the task of the planning Right, they're just implementation. If they don't know what
0: needs to be done.
1: Right, if they're just unskilled manual labor, that's a lot easier than having <laughs> a plan, right? And then you have, what this is talking about, I've seen it called other places, third shift work. You have your shift at work, your job that you do, and, and more right. and more women, obviously, are working outside the home, Right, um, especially in our country. Then you have your second shift with your kids, or blah, whatever, if you have them. And then you have your third shift, where it's like everything else that needs to happen so we can do it all over again tomorrow. And right. even if you're relaxing, right, you may still be thinking about that. And a lot of times there's a disparity. Yeah, you can't let it go. Yeah, there's a disparity between partners. One person gets to truly relax, the other person uh, does not. And I really like that she mentions that it leads to, not only are you burnt out, but you're also resentful. And it seems crazy to think someone would be burnt out by the life they've chosen for themselves, like their family life. It's supposed to be rejuvenating, right? And then also that you're resentful, where it's like, you're helping me but you're not doing it in the right way. And I can see how if you don't understand this concept or it's not something that's been explained to you, you could react negatively if if your partner brings it up. Like, hey, I'm burnt out because I do all this stuff. And you're like, well, I have this list of responsibilities too. Um, but if those responsibilities don't require the constant care and attention um, yeah, and and that's the phrase, let me know if you need help, same. right? Yeah. The yeah, phrase, absolutely.
0: let me know if you need help is, and, and this is, again, directly from the comic. I don't want to take credit for this idea. But the phrase, let me know if you need help, is basically saying, I'm not going to bear the mental load for knowing what needs to happen in this house or for knowing how to run it. And so yes. if, you, if you imagine what it would be like if uh, uh, this partner who's trying to clear off the table, if they tried to get their partner to do that task... Right? Like the level of micromanagement to say like, I want you to take this item and put it away and see that this towel needs to be put up and taken to the hamper and see that the hamper's full and then uh, while you're taking the hamper to the washer to make sure to put the food away and then to notice in the fridge if it like that level of micromanagement is impossible, right? That's yeah, it's, you, it's and, and so exhausting. the phrase let me know if you need help becomes it's probably just easier for you to do it yourself.
1: And right, then or, the partner
0: who says, let me know if you need help, doesn't understand why like you're mad at me for not helping around the house. Well, it's because right. you're not recognizing that you have to take an active stance on this. You can't just passively say like, tell me what needs to be done and I'll do that discreet task. You have to say like, I'm going to look at things and notice, hey, this needs to be taken care of and then I'm going to do it without prompting.
1: Yes. And it, it is a, it's a selfish position, right? To mm-hmm, mm-hmm. abandon. And it, and it is one that. There's a lot of areas we could talk about beyond just household chores where in our society still, for the majority, men are responsible for themselves, right? They're only responsible for themselves and they don't have to take on the responsibility for other people or they don't have to consider what other people – or the expectation is they don't have to. I mean you should, right, as a good person uh, and a complete person, but we're not expected to, whereas women kind of are. And she she talks more about – you know, there's all sorts of cultural things and in the media that – and we could talk about this maybe a little bit later, like if they push us, they, they for sure reinforce these ideas. Are they, you know, reacting to societal norms or are they kind of setting the standard because it helps them in some way. But there's a lot of things that seem innocent that kind of push us towards these roles. And in case you are, I would say, first of all, if if your initial reaction is, well, well, we aren't like that in my house, if you're listening is to ask your partner. Yeah. And you may be right. (laughs) You may be doing a great job, but find (laughs) out first of all. Uh, And second of all, just a, a little bit of like hard data actually so this is not just one person complaining because they have the lazy husband and this must mean all men and rah, angry feminism rah, right? right uh so the 2017 modern family index which is a a, a foundation uh, group that takes collects data on all kinds of family things um and stuff like this like what roles do people fulfill right. how much time do you spend with your right. job, all this kind of stuff has found that women are two times more likely than men to be the managers of the household, and they are three times more likely than men to be in charge of their children's schedule. Wow. that's like in charge, not just like, oh, do some of it. Like I am the person that is three times more likely to know where the heck their kids are supposed to be every day other than just like, well, they get to school somehow, right?
0: Uh, (laughs) They go there. And and I don't have have to worry about them then, yeah. Yeah,
1: 69% of the women surveyed, so almost three quarters of the women surveyed um, talked about this idea of mental load and how much of a burden it is for them and more than half of those say that it is burning them out. It's to the level that caring for their own families which is like a basic human instinct is becoming too much for them. Yeah. Uh, which, which I think is, is kind of crazy to think about and imagine if you will not just the impact on your family for that kind of thing but just the societal impact if that large of amount of our workforce is that overwhelmed. Sure. Or what it does to our families as well. I mean, and, and it's a different to- topic to talk about fatherlessness, like having, and, you know, in single-parent households and the things that are struggles for them, but to k- talk about a two-parent household and it's... Where the father's not, taking not advantage. present. Yeah, right. you're not taking advantage of the two-parent household if this yes. is what's happening. So yeah. it, it is. it is definitely a very real thing, and I think the insidious nature of it is that a lot of men think things are more equal in that regard than they are and it, right it's because, not necessarily because they're available right, of, I, right. I,
0: I don't think you should hate men for saying like i'm available and i don't think you should hate men in general but i don't think you should hate men for this for saying like hey i'm available and let me know if you need help that feels like and seems like and i think even for a lot of women who do bear the mental load like that that mental work right that seems like it should be enough it really sure. does. And this if is, you think about like Archie Bunker, right? That is a pro- it's
1: progress from there. From the I never ask because it's not my job and I'm not going to do it. It is. Yes. Yes. So I'll, being I'll... available and willing is good, but it's you've not, the battle's not over for that. No, right? no if it's you're, not. If you're trying to actually help your wife, then it needs to be more than just that. And it's good that we've come to that spot, but we're kind of at the point, of, it seems like, that we need to push. To the next level towards I think so. equality. I, I
0: think you're, you're exactly right that we do need to push to the next level. And I think the, the most difficult task is almost always, no matter what you're trying to do, is trying to figure out the nature of the problem, right? I would say that. I would say buy-in too. And I, and
1: I think we see this in a lot of areas in this specific in, issue of like gender roles and equality where something feels like, one, you feel like you're under attack. A little bit, and and you're not necessarily. You'd, yeah, you can get defensive, um, right? Being criticized is not the same thing as being under attack, right? right. I think it also feels like, and whether we want to admit it or not, it's we're giving up what appears to be an advantageous position. I, I think well, the important- it, is I don't it, think it is advantageous. It is It is. I think the important thing to look at is there's a higher level of gain that you have when you have an equal relationship where both people are sharing the load, and then you the benefits from that both in the for your children, for your overall relationship, which should lead to your own happiness. And think about if you both could truly relax because the load was shared and things were done in a more efficient manner. Right, like, yeah. That kind of quality time you would get together as a family, as just a couple, whatever it is, right? Yeah, I gave up my ability to sit on the couch and turn my brain off for three hours every night. But what if you could sit on the brain and, the couch and turn off your brain for an hour and a half, but with the person right, you love the most in the world? As well. exactly. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, it feels like you're giving something else, but I think you do... And this is, you know, we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about ideal masculine traits, the idea that you would do the hard work to gain the hard goal, like
0: something worth getting requires you sacrificing and giving up like it is the harder thing is more often consistency, right? It's not even it's it's not necessarily that the task itself is difficult. It's that showing up every day is difficult. And I think that's that's the hard part here, too. I, I think it bears mentioning that for For all the talk of men's infidelity, which is a separate issue we can talk about later because men are statistically more likely to 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 cheat, but women are more likely to initiate divorce than men are uh, uh, they're more yeah. likely to initiate divorce, and I think that comes from in part, and I you know we we shouldn't fall into the fallacy of the single cause, but I think that part of that comes from the fact that a lot of women. And or, or not just women, but a lot of relationships between men and women, they don't have the language to express, I'm bearing all of this mental load and it's mm-hmm. crushing me, but they still experience it. And that over 20 years, you said this earlier, that builds a tremendous amount of resentment. So a lot of these issues that that married couples might have, like, oh, we don't go on dates anymore, or we don't talk the way that we used to, or our sex life is bad, or whatever the case may be. You know, there's, there's a, a million things that it could be. And I think a lot of that could be contributed to, not necessarily is, but could be contributed to the fact that one person is bearing this mental load entirely. And so the relationship is strained for reasons that are completely invisible to the other partner. They can't see it. They don't know. Right. right. And so if you can be aware, I think a lot of guys would be amenable to this idea of like, hey, by the way, you need to take over and manage this part of your household. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that is the floors, right? Start some like let's just say the floors. You need to manage the floors. Make sure that the floor is clean and make sure that it's free of debris to walk about, right? If that becomes your task, if you can say I'm going to assign myself this job and then free up my spouse from having to worry about that, then all of a sudden, I think it becomes apparent that there's a set of things that you can't let, ha- let happen, right? So somebody is throwing their dirty clothes on the floor. Okay, you can't do that. You need to pick those things up, right? You, uh, um, like, there's the floors randomly or regularly need to be vacuumed and they need to be, like, swept. Okay, well, you can do that. And then all the things that inhibit the goal of keeping a clean floor become apparent to you because your job is keeping the floor clean. And then you, you work for parity, right? You work for yeah. that parity between the two spouses.
1: I think that example also highlights part of the issue with this is that you are motivated when you have something like that, a responsibility that takes a lot of, other. it touches a lot of other parts of your life because something Uh like keeping the lawn going, I mean it can do that, that's a traditionally masculine kind of job, right, or like, uh, you know, making sure the cars are in good working order. I mean, yes, there's regular maintenance that happens with that, but it's like it's like the dentist, right? You can schedule it in six months and do it on that day, and sure, sure. I, there's a it's, I haven't it's been a to the constant, dentist in seven years, but whatever. <laughs> it's it's a constant type thing, but I think when you have one of those jobs that is constant and repeating, and other people's behavior affects it, and you've got to manage those people as well, you now have a built-in incentive to try to get those people on board with taking care of their part, right? And I think part of why this gets stuck on women is because even when you have children that are now, I'm contributing to the mess or the clutter or to the schedule, but I'm not taking over any of that myself. Right. And so if we can get both partners on board, you also have then a united front to your children if you have those yes. who are old enough to yes. contribute. And I, see, I, I think that happens a lot. And I, I wanted to kind of shift a little bit and talk about what we think are some of maybe the causes of those, because I think that'll shed light on how to combat this and equal it out. Uh-huh. Because uh, to me, I think a big part of it is examples that we are shown whether it's media or our own fathers, our own relationships. Yes. I mean like I alluded to, it's been changing over time, and it has progressed. but I, I, I do think there's this example that it's a little bit of like us versus them, you know, like it, mom's trying to, yeah. she's trying to herd the cats and the cats don't want to be herded. And we might begrudgingly be civilized. A right. Little bit. And
0: she, and she nags, right? She <laughs> yeah, nags exactly. And, and she's, she tries to micromanage and that's frustrating. Yeah, exactly. I, and,
1: and, and there's just this idea that men that we come in to do this like heroic, like the moment, right? Like, wait till your dad gets home or (laughs) I've cooked this big meal on the grill or I fixed the cars or this thing broke and I fixed it. But all the other, there's not, there's no glory in the, in the mundane, in the ordinary. Right. Right. I'm not saying that every single man is like, well, I need personal glory, but I think we are motivated by that kind of stuff as men often. And it requires a large shift in your attitude for something like making sure the pantry is stocked. Right. Well, it may
0: be be that, that, I, well, rather, I would say not. Maybe I think it is true that everyone needs that kind, glory, quote unquote, which I would, I would, I would argue is basically just like appreciation, right? Sure, but there's two different
1: kinds, right? There's there's the big moment and the grand gesture. Ah, yes, yes, okay. You, and often that gets a lot. That it's easy to get recognition for that. Yes, for because, those big and Because it's things. exceptional. Because it's yeah. rare. Yeah. Like we have Mother's Day. We're like, thanks, mom, for keeping us. You know functional
0: all year long. And then we don't ever talk about it for a year. Right. right. And, and all this those is the little idea. tiny things that happen. Yeah. It's it's the idea too of like, why do moms know moms can do X, Y, or Z or moms have superpowers, you know, moms know where everything is. Where is my uniform? Mom knows where is my golf bag? Mom knows, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And though it's not just that moms know it's that moms are generally, and well, we'll, we'll go back to that in a second, but moms are generally responsible for, maintaining all of these things and so their knowledge is a product of the invisible work that they do it's not a product of like this is the way that women are it's like if you foist all of these responsibilities onto one person then they're gonna know these things and then you say well it's because they know these things that they have to be responsible for all of this it's like that's not true you need to switch it amazing point you have to switch it and say like let's share this responsibility and then by the way you're gonna know some of this stuff because you're responsible for it
1: that is so crazy. Well, and you know, I've got an amazing example of that um, from not my life, but my mom and dad. Uh, okay. But, so, my when my mom went back to school and got her master's and then her EdD, um, mm-hmm. eventually there was literally not enough hours in her day, and she was had to be somewhere else physically in the world. That uh, dinner became my dad's responsibility. Right. And and. More so than it had been in the past. And there was a period of time where we rotated between like Taco Bell and Pizza Hut and whatever. He would cook hamburgers and then he could yes. cook breakfast for dinner. Um, and then like the kind of spaghetti <laughs> where you like brown the meat and put it in the sauce. and Right. Which that's, there's nothing those wrong are with. the
0: manliest meals possible. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's nothing wrong with all that stuff. But I think eventually oh. it was like we as children I don't think had a problem. With that, right? My but dad he was probably like, did. like, "This I'm is boring. tired of this." Yeah, and so, and he talked to his mom every day on the phone. Yeah, and she was an amazing cook, and so it eventually kind of this transfer of skills happened, where it was like more and more. And now my dad does all the cooking, even though there's no children in the house, because he enjoys it, and because and, he had
0: that practice to get good at. I've, I've actually eaten meals that your dad has prepared, and they're good, right? Like, right, your, and your dad's a good cook. But this is an example. You know, it's one of those things where it's like you don't,
1: you know, women aren't better cooks cause, at home, cause, just because they are. You know, because something in a woman's psyche makes her a better provider, so that kind of thing happens. It's because, well, it's just expected that you do this, and so you get good at it because you have to, and so if you're forced to or choose to develop those skills, then all of a sudden it becomes, you know dad's it's, the great it's the, cook. It's the burden and, of
0: competence, right? You have right. elected to become competent in this area. And so now nobody will ever do it besides you. It's why you right. never learn Excel, by the way, if you're thinking <laughs> of getting a job somewhere and you're like, you know what? Excel would be a good thing to put on my resume. Don't do it because then you'll become yeah. the Excel guy. Now you're everybody's thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's
1: one of those, th- I think that's an amazing point that a lot of the things we chalk up to gendered, and there are such things as, as we've talked about before, large scale tendencies between genders right. and certain things. I, I don't think that this is one of them. I, no, which I is what it sounds I like you're either. making. And so I think that's that's an excellent point. I think we have society, You know, we kind of have the examples throughout generations that are kind of setting us up as men to think we don't have to do any of those things and we only need to worry about ourselves. And if everybody just worries about their self, are well, fine. Well, that's not how the world really works. No, it's not. We also have this idea of women have become competent in areas and we've kind of just chalking that up to the way, oh, you're just born that way. Which is a disservice on multiple levels, right? It prevents you from taking the initiative right, and learning that stuff. But it also doesn't give women the credit
0: they have for learning all this stuff and keeping sure. up with it. And like, and, it, y- and it frees you up from the burden of being like, oh, I actually might need to share some of this burden. Right, oh, well, I, I won't be as good at it as you, so I guess I shouldn't <laughs> do it. I mean, that's a terrible excuse for anything it, it, unless yeah. it's like
1: reaching something on the taller shelf and you're a foot taller than me like right like, which although we do have tools to
0: make ourselves taller right so maybe that's and not an excuse Jess and i are both bad at that because we're the same height at like five <laughs> seven so every we actually redid our kitchen and and the shelves are all relatively low so that we can reach everything
1: <laughs> do you have you should get one of those grabby things they sell on daytime tv Ooh, like, i should for the old that's people. probably yes that's
0: much yeah that's much cheaper than redoing your kitchen <laughs> i wish you would ask me that before uh no we had to redo the kitchen anyway because everything was rotten and terrible um <laughs> yeah yeah well that's that's a whole a home renovation is its own episode yeah, i do want to do talk you, a little bit because you mentioned like culturally the way that these things are reinforced and i yeah. want to throw back um this is maybe the only time in my life or one of the very few times my degree might be relevant um <laughs> so the ancient greeks like uh, athenians specifically not the greeks writ large but the athenians had this idea of the free man right and this idea of the free man through john locke uh, uh, specifically and uh, uh, became what we talk about for like classical liberalism, but the free man to the Greeks is different from what we would consider the free man. Now we consider now the free man to be someone who's like self-determinate. Like I want to do these things. So I'll do these things, right? No one can tell me what to do, but the ancient Athenians did not view that as what a free man was. A free man to the Athenians was someone who didn't have to work for his bread essentially. So to be a free man, you had to have slaves who were unpaid who uh, as as is the definition of slavery right but you had to have these <laughs> you had to have slaves to farm the land that you owned that you didn't have any debt on and okay. you had to have a wife who would manage your household and make sure that your larders were full and everyone was fed and all of the finances worked out and if you were privileged enough to be in the position where you had these slaves and then you had this woman to manage your household in this way then you were a free man. A free man was literally completely free from any work. And so he could go into the Agora and speak with the other free men about politics and serious issues, right? And anybody who had to actually work for a living was not a free man, right? So this idea that women should be in charge of the household and women should be in charge of this mental load It's not new, right? We're looking at like 4,000 years of history, roughly, where for almost the entirety of that 4,000-year period, women have been in charge of the home. And for arbitrary reasons, right? Um, Socrates himself was initially taught in logic by a woman. Um, Aspasia. Aphasia? aphasia? I can't remember her. No, I can't remember her name. Don't don't look that up because I'll be wrong. But... um, (laughs) So this is a this is a very old idea and I think a very bad idea but it, on the one hand I think that there are a lot of contemporary media representations of this idea but I think it's tempting to overblame them for the presence of the concept of women being in charge of the home or being naturally inclined towards that because the truth is that it's 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 a lot older than that and it's a lot deeper than that and we're in a unique position now I think to be aware of it and to start overturning it and really working towards parity.
1: Yeah. And I would agree with that. I don't think that these ideas originate with advertising or popular media in any kind of way. I do agree then with your second point that while they don't originate them they are reinforcing these ideas. They, yes, they can in be. In a lot of way. And I think for advertising and things like that, you know, you see the commercials and selling vacuums and cleaning products is always the mom and it's always the mom that needs stuff to free up her time from managing the household in the TV show or the commercial. Right. I mean, I, you know, part of that is just capitalism, right? Like, these are the people that are currently doing and this and so these products sell. Sure. will sell to them so we'll also do that. I, I, I don't necessarily know that advertising bears any responsibility for changing this kind of stuff. I, I think that you know, you have a powerful tool at your disposal and who you choose to display in those things. I think more things like books,
0: TV shows, movies, that kind of stuff. Well, the incompetent it, husband it, it, is a meme, essentially. Yeah, right. right? Like, like, you default oh, look, to these he, tropes. He tried to use Sprite to get a stain out, you know? Like, yeah. look at this moron who doesn't know the difference between Sprite and, and seltzer water. Yeah, you and, know?
1: and and hey, a good joke is a good joke and, just beca- and it's fine. Uh, sometimes I do think you... The implications of saying oh this is comical right no that's and yeah that's that's, it, incredibly that's kind serious. of you know it's like hey you're kind of laughing this away as a not very serious oh it's just the way it is isn't that funny mm-hmm. and there's no like this is bad uh <laughs> and we're gonna address why it's bad and it's funny because you're terrible at this but it's funny in
0: that kind of morbid sort of way where it, it's like wow it reinforces what it's not only funny Right, it is yeah. funny, but it's not only funny. It also reinforces this idea of, by the way, if you're a guy, you can't do these things.
1: Yeah. Did you see Bad Moms ever? Mila I Kunis? did see Bad Moms, Dude, yes. That, I'm th- we're talking about this, and all I can think about is Bad Moms. because it's a great this movie. Is, Which, the title itself is hilarious, right? Because that's that's the whole conceit of the movie, is that we are... We are shuffling the burden, this mental load onto the other people in our family. And if they can't handle it, we don't care anymore. And if that makes right. us bad moms, then so, then be, so it. be it. Right. And it's sure. amazing because they talk about this all the, like they're literally, I think there's a scene where they're in therapy and she's like, I've got all this crap that I take care of, and you do literally nothing. Um, right right but you get to go drive the fancy car and do all the fun stuff and I don't ever I haven't done anything fun in 10 years or whatever right well you mentioned
0: earlier this idea of like absent fathers and I, I think it bears mentioning explicitly like just very clearly some absent fathers live in the house with their families yeah right you can you can live in a home with a wife and with children and you can play with your kids and you can be there and you can still be an absent father Because all of your responsibilities at home are responsibilities based on presence and they are responsibilities based on play and the hard work of being at home, you don't do that, right? And so the things that grant you the title father... Like the, the work that comes with that responsibility, because no title comes with that responsibility. You're you're not actually doing it. And so you can live at home and you can be married and you can be a quote unquote good husband and still be an absent father.
1: Definitely. And I this is and it goes beyond even just fatherhood, I think, in our society. And when I think about it or I talk to people who question the idea of I don't want to call it feminism because fair or not, that's a very loaded term. It means it is a lot of different very, things. It is very to loaded. To different people. Yes. But gender equality, let's say, there's this idea that's like, well, men do so much. And there are, of course, certain domains of society. Like, you know, there are way more men shot in the line of duty as police officers. Not that there aren't women too, but, and there are way more men, garbage collectors, and a lot of the crappy jobs, crappy sure, jobs, sure. are done mostly by men. So I'm not trying and, to say that. But, and, that, men and that's don't a contribute fair thing to. to society. That's
0: a fair thing to
1: acknowledge, right? Right. But especially yeah. at the upper echelons of society, or even in just middle class America, right? There's the, I think, pushback against leveling these kind of responsibilities because people say well i do all these other things and i i should get some recognition for the things i do as a father and no one cares about this anymore and i have all these things that are responsibilities i think what's missed there is one the invisible nature like we've talked about of some of these other responsibilities but exactly the point you're hitting on where just showing up while it's better than not showing up at all is not the same thing as doing your job well and affording the respect and i you know I've heard this said. This is not my idea. I don't remember where I heard it said the first time. But if your children don't respect their mother, right, then you have that is a responsibility as a father that you have failed in. You must be yeah. leading by not yeah. just example, but explicitly stating it. And I've also heard before it's like, learned if you're dating behavior. a guy it's learned and he behavior. treats his mom like crap, right? Then right. Hey, how, the do, how does he's he treat, treat his dog and his mom? Yeah, those right. are the two questions. Right, exactly. But I mean, if it's just. And it's a little bit different when you don't have children, obviously, this still happens, but there's not you're not setting this or an example for someone, but the same things happen where if you it is your responsibility, maybe to other people outside of your relationship to. Demonstrate explicitly how much you appreciate, and and part of that it's not just saying words and giving cards and doing that. It's it's taking that right. on because that's, that's the ultimate that's not show full of respect, appreciation. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Real, real respect is recognizing that it's a responsibility that needs to be shared. Yeah. Not your time is as valuable as mine. Yeah. 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 Ooh. If it's as, man, you know. the valuability of time, dude. That is that is uh, maybe the biggest part of this to me is the assumption that your time is better spent on you managing the household than on you doing something that's important to you, right? Like, right. that's that's a huge part of it.
1: Yeah, even and, and, you know, even, again, women are in the workforce, you know, being well-rested so you can be better at your job and make more money and get a promotion or whatever. And graduating still, from college at higher rates. And, yeah, I, I think we yeah. still look at this a lot as like, well, my time as a man is more valuable because I have to be my job or blah, whatever, and I earn more. And, you know, without talking about the intricate details of the gender wage gap. There's it's, not, still it's not the glass ceiling episode. Yeah, right. That, that's a different one. But there is the, there is a reality there are inequalities in the workplace still. And then to come home also and say, <laughs> those inequalities are actually the way the world is for the right reason, and that's why I don't have to take, you know, tacitly maybe saying, that's why I don't have to take on any of these responsibilities. It is uh, supremely disrespectful, I think. It, and it is. we don't see it as such because we... Have been trained conditioned some of us may be choosing willful ignorance because i would also say ignorance is not a real excuse for any of this kind of stuff but we, we we're just we live with this assumption that our time is more valuable we might not be able to use those words but man especially if you live in the united states right now i think it's i think your time limit on using the ignorance excuse has expired
0: <laughs> because it, it that may be the case i think i want to be a little bit more defensive of men than than you are there to a degree because i do think that this is really difficult to see and and grant and i were roommates in college um we we lived together in college for a couple of years and when we first moved in together um i came from an environment where I, My mom did a really good job making me and my brother a part of the mental load, basically. She would say like, hey, this place in the house, this is your responsibility for keeping clean and you're going to have to keep it clean by this date or there will be consequences. Um, My mom did that. And so I had a, a very high expectation for what would count as cleanliness. And I took that expectation with me to college. And when Grant and I moved in together, we had, I, I don't know if you would say this is fair or not, differing expectations of what the standard of cleanliness would sure, be. Sure, yeah. Um, And I think that when, and it was a tiny dorm, so it's not very serious, but in terms of the the mental load for keeping the dorm organized or what the standard would be, I would say I bore that more so than you. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. I would say that I don't think that I... Even cared, <laughs> right? And and that's and you know, that's the difference, right? And the most di- of
1: these examples, people care what their house is like. I would say in that one, I don't, I don't even. I think the load of even just caring, right? Was, but you, yeah, and,
0: and you did and you didn't typical
1: care. college. You know, not to the point, We've but everyone's known that person in college, it's like, there's rotting garbage in my room. I want to make it clear I wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> it wasn't, but you also it wasn't didn't use fabric crisis, softener but it, on your sheets, right? And, and well, I was not okay with that. That's because I'm a rough and tumble, you know, <laughs> man, and I don't need no fancy do I like need no to sleep fabric, in burlap though. with, you know, ants crawling all over me because I'm tough. Right? <laughs> no, that's definitely true. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't a health hazard, but it definitely was not clean and neat and tidy
0: no Definitely. And, and, and not
1: even approaching those things
0: and between between the two of us too i think it it i should say here just so people don't get the idea that i was like some kind of glorious roommate i was really obnoxious. or the dude from the odd couple who's like never <laughs> you weren't uh, like that you know people did call us the odd couple occasionally right
1: but you yeah neither but, of us were
0: no neither, neither of us were but i i was <laughs> i was hard in certain ways that i think are Maybe not as hard to, to articulate or quantify as this, but I, I was just like antisocial and abrasive and pushed people away. And I had, I, I brought with me all this like whole list of things that were hard about being there. But one of the things that I think I did pretty well was bear the mental load of keeping our room in a reasonable state of cleanliness. Yeah. You with know? the exception of
1: clothes, because for some reason, both of us had an issue with just leaving our clothes on the floor. That's because or laundry the is
0: the worst chore. It is the worst chore. I remember we
1: had a couch in our house that was, it was not only you. Um, although your room was closest to the couch, so you ended up with a lot of clothes in the couch, but it was like a dirty uh, clothes house couch. Do you yes, it? Like- it was.
0: Yeah, well, th- and that was actually the couch that we bought. Uh, you're learning some serious intimate details about our college yeah. days. You're welcome. That's why you subscribe to this podcast and why you tweet about it and like it on social media. <laughs> but yes, we had a couch that we initially bought for I think $15 at a Goodwill. A piece, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, a piece. It was yeah. $30. Uh, it's a nice an yeah. nicer couch that didn't have the back legs on still. They'd been knocked off. And that I spent how many hours cleaning? Like four hours. You cleaned a lot of it. I cleaned it Um, as much as could be done, but it became I was ready to just let it ride and risk whatever was. Whatever deep diseases we would have gotten from that couch. Yes. (laughs) But that's a good example of what was delayed. Because I cleaned that couch. How does
1: this. So where is this. Where is it going? My ignorance is still my excuse. I'm very interested in that part.
0: Right. No, the the relevance (laughs) here is that I think that of. And, and I'm going to compliment you here, which might make you uncomfortable because we're guys. Sorry. No, um, not at all. But, oh, <laughs> you're just comfortable with compliments. We should do a whole episode on that. I okay. Uh, I I think that you're one of the more conscientious people that I know. I think that well, you, you are aware of not only your own emotions, but the way that your behavior affects the people around you. And I think that you, you're not just aware, but you account for it as well. And even with that in mind, I think that in this, in the environment of our dorm room, you saw my behavior as idiosyncratic, and that was just me being me and doing what I did. And I think that for a lot of guys, it can be kind of the same thing that you have a host of conscientious, well meaning, loving husbands for whom the mental work is invisible and who benefit from it in a way that they they can't perhaps quantify, or maybe it means more to their spouse or to their partner than it does to them. And that, that certainly was the case for you for mm, you and me, yep. right? Yeah. I cared way more than you did, which is to say that I cared at all. Um, <laughs> but No, that's, that's a, that, I think that's a good point. So
1: I would agree with you. It's not that there's, it's no longer an excuse for anyone, but it, it's, I would say maybe it's becoming less so. And then once you're made aware of it,
0: yeah, that's I, the, that's the real key right there. I think but yes,
1: you can't just be. I don't. I would say maybe ignorance in the well, I don't know how to do this type thing because you you ought to be able to muddle your way through. Yeah, at least I, don't, a bit I don't. I don't know asking. how is
0: no excuse at all. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't recognize it is an excuse yeah. for a period. The, the burden but I might I don't fall a little how. bit.
1: Yeah, the burden might fall on your spouse a little bit for teaching you. You know, yes. just because of the way things are, and that's fine. sure sure. But it, it shouldn't stay that way. So let's. The last thing I want to talk about here is a little bit as we like to do share a little bit from our personal lives. Like what, if you had a conversation with this about your wife, you know, what was it like? And then maybe just a little bit about what should go going forward, even for you specifically in your situation, but just for all us men in general, like what do we do to correct this? Um, What's the appropriate path forward? And so I'll start by saying, you know, Michelle and I talked about this and we do a pretty good job. I think of sharing when, when I was thinking and she confirmed this about the various responsibilities, there are things that I do, that are constant things and she doesn't really have to think about. And there are things that she does that I don't ever have to think about. Right. Uh, which is which is really nice. I think where the disparity exists for us, because she feels a little bit of it, and she fully admitted part of this is her personality and taking on things that are not her responsibility or feeling responsible for them when others don't necessarily expect that, even if they're asking help, and I'll, and I'll say what I mean by that. But the two biggest things are still... I think scheduling long-term for stuff. So things like keeping the house running, making sure Zach has everything he needs, doing laundry, getting his lunch ready, having enough diapers and stuff like that. Like that is shared
0: yes, pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know,
1: in the planning of it and in the execution of it, right? Uh, we we have divided our labor both for things where we both need to contribute and some things that we despise. My wife despises going to the grocery store more than just about anything in the world. And I love the grocery (laughs) store because it's endless possibilities. Even though other people go to the grocery store specifically to aggravate me, I think. I still love it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I'm the only one that goes to the grocery store like 99% of the time. But but that's not mean I'm the only person. And I might do the lion's share of planning for what we need and making sure we have enough Allergy medicine and diapers and whatever, but she definitely contributes and I ask questions and help. I think I think where the disparity is is in the scheduling, like, well, this is where we're going to be here, and we have this this weekend, and this thing is coming up. And I am horrible at remembering those. Sure. Which is not an excuse because tools abound for us to keep track of that. Uh, right, yeah, that's also true.
0: And thanks, so- thanks. Google Calendar. Yeah, right. right.
1: And 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 so I think there's a little bit of disparity there. I also am terrible at keeping up with my own stuff. You know this very well. You were my roommate. I don't ever know where anything I own is. Part of that is a symptom of ADHD, but I'm also 31 years old, so <laughs> well, I do not be stop to, being ADHD just no, because No, but I'd I be able to anticipate. I've got some coping skills that I inconsistently apply. <laughs> so I'm always asking her where stuff is, and I don't get mad if she doesn't know. Because if she were to look at me and right. say, well, that, that's your stuff, idiot. Like, go find it. Look around. But a lot of times I'll ask her without even looking for it because I bet she knows where it is. Right? And right. so she, right. because of the person she is, she's a good person, takes on that burden that I can tell her as many times as I want. I'm Look, just tell me to buzz off. It's fine. I can go look for it. I'm not going to be mad at you. It's my fault for losing it. Sure. She bears the burden of one. If I get frustrated, if I can't find it, but also the like. Well, he asked me, and I know, so I should tell him. Right. She shouldn't have to teach me those lessons, and so. (laughs) I think you bring up a good point, though.
0: That I think it's it's (laughs) super important to recognize that just because, well, rather not every task has to be equal. That's not what we're arguing for. It's not like no. 50% of the grocery shopping should go to one spouse and 50% should go to another yeah. spouse. That's not what that's we're saying. Insane. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not to try to, that kind of parody can become an obsession of its, uh, on its own. And that's not what we're talking about. Sometimes one spouse is going to be more responsible for certain things than another spouse or not spouse specific, but just like one person who is a roommate who lives in this you know house is going to be more responsible mm-hmm. than another one. And that is okay. That's fine the problem is when there is that th- that additional work is treated like an expectation mm-hmm. for which that person receives no credit. what i think yeah. what we're both arguing for is a recognition that that's work. yes. and we're also arguing for if you don't do any of that work, maybe do some. Yeah, especially you if your spouse especially if your spouse works, right? Yeah. because a lot of homes now are dual income homes. and if both of you are working, if you if you are a dual income home, then you better be a shared load home as well, right? Like yes, that's definitely. that's something that need that needs to happen, and I think that's yeah. what we're arguing for. We're not saying that everything has to be split a hundred percent equally. It's a balance and it's a partnership, and sometimes one person is going to do more. But in the same way that your partner is aware that. Perhaps you earn more money, or perhaps you spend more time doing this difficult work. You should also be aware that your partner spends time making sure that you know everybody actually eats and that the sheets are clean, so that you don't die of you know some egregious infection that I probably would have died from in college. If I don't think anyone's ever died from dirty sheets, but you say you Why say risk that, it, right? Why but risk it? <laughs> I they I think they probably yeah. You know, so I might've. mean.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%, and that's the thing. There's a lot of areas in our life where we share that, and we have divided it up, and now that we've divided it up, it is my responsibility, and you don't have to think about it. I think there's still room for improvement in a few of those things. Um, At the same time that there is, you know, this happens a lot in relationships. There's a lot of people out there that just... I feel like I need to take things on even if they're not mine. Sure, so you gotta be sure. you gotta be a little bit willing to let go. I don't think Michelle do. has a problem letting go, but I can see that there could be people out there too. Um and so, you know, if you get the opportunity, then by all means let go. So so that's us. That's what I think we have to work. So I definitely saw this in my life. And like I mentioned earlier, if I'm thinking about when I was living with my parents at home, I was like, man, I just It is a constant source of shame for me now that I'm a parent and I'm like, I'm at night doing things (laughs) that I don't want to do. And my son is asleep and has no idea I even do because he's 19 months old. And about every few months, I'll text my mom and be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is so hard. Why? I don't know
0: why I didn't realize that. How did you not kill me?
1: Yeah, or give me away, or why did you have more children? Like that? <laughs> right,
0: wasn't I? Wasn't I enough to just ruin the whole idea? Yeah, right? no, I agree. Yeah. So, me what too. about you guys? Did you, Did y'all talk about this at all? Um, we we have talked about it. So, um, it's we we've had kind of a weird marriage in terms of where we've lived our living our living situation has almost always been bizarre so the first place that we lived i was fresh out of a master's degree without a job which is why everyone should get a master's degree in english because joblessness is a great character builder (laughs) Um, and we were living in jessica's grandmother's basement that's the first place that we lived um paying exactly zero dollars in rent, because guess how much we could afford. and uh we were enormously blessed by her grandmother, who allowed us to do that. You know she's a a wonderful woman. and uh, we were living there, and Jess was working as an event coordinator. I was working as a homemaker at the time, although it was a very tiny home, so not much of it need needed to be made. And I don't think that was a very good time for me, either psychologically or professionally it was it was really I felt terrible that I spent this time in college trying to prepare for a career that I didn't have for six months because I graduated in December and nobody hires teachers in December Um, and I I really felt terrible so I felt a lot of guilt about my inability to provide financially right and and that was the I had no money coming in to the marriage, and I, I felt tremendous guilt. I mean, like, you could have, like, shown up at my house and beat me with a very large stick, and I would have been like, oh, yes, this is correct. I deserve that. <laughs> um, And so, uh, I, while that was really bad for me, personally, I think, relationally, it was good in the sense that I got kind of used to, then, being responsible for a large part of what went on in the house. Um, sure. So, that transitioned we we've moved like basically every year that we've been married we we just keep moving but we've always kind of shared <laughs> fleeing um flee- <laughs> arrest right warrants for your arrest i assume that's that's what it, which is why we keep jumping states as well yeah so we we've done and i think that we've we've got good parity on that front where we've this is the the interesting thing about where we've arrived um when we were moving around and doing all of this stuff um and and kind of flipping what would traditionally be the gender norms that worked well for us. And I was actually talking to Jess about this the other day, cause I shared with this comic and she's been in law school for the past three years and now she's working as a federal clerk. And that's a, the, the work week there is insane, right? Like yeah. I work, I work a lot. Free
1: time is the hallmark of working in law. Right?
0: Yeah. She, <laughs> she is, she does a ton of work and she's incredible at it. She's so good at it. And, everyone who meets her in the law field when they meet me subsequently are like, by the way, your wife is amazing. Do you know that? And I'm like, yeah, I do know that. She's incredible at it. (laughs) She's super good at this. And so time for her, like she worked probably an 80 hour week minimum, I would say for the past three years. And that meant that a lot of the burden for like keeping stuff up was on me largely. Um, And I will say that one of the differences is that she always recognized it and thanked me for it and saw me, saw how hard I was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what happened because of that was I was like, man, I feel gratitude for this work. So even though the the amount of work is the same, I'm not as exhausted by it and I'm not as overwhelmed by it. And I don't feel bitter at all because my wife is thanking me for doing this. This is how I am helping my marriage. I am, I'm committing yeah. to making sure my wife can do this. And I think that's kind of what, what we're aiming for. And and many things about my marriage are, are not model. You know, it's it's not something that I think that people should, you know, pursue. But, right, nobody's perfect. Right, this this one area I think we do quite well, which is that even though I share most of the mental load um, of this, like, the, or the mental work for organizing and arranging the house, not, certainly not all of it, right, not, and I'm not saying that, but I, I, I share, I, I have the lion's share of it. Mm-hmm. My wife has always without fail recognized it and it's not like she is not doing that and just like sitting on the couch and watching tv like it's in lieu of something else right right um and so the combination of those things, one, that I can see her working incredibly hard, even harder than I do by a fair margin, frankly, because there's no way I'd work as hard as she does. That sounds miserable. Mm. But that with the fact that she actually is, recognizes that it's difficult for me and, and thanks me for it and is aware of it makes it a lot easier. And I think that's something that a, a lot of families can strive for or push to or at least add into what they already have is to say, hey, here's what we can do. You know what? let's keep everything exactly the same. Just recognize that I'm doing this. Thank me for it and you appreciate it. And if you will appreciate it and thank me for it and see it, then that makes it a whole lot easier to do.
1: Yeah. Every family is going to have their own. It's not going to be 50-50 everywhere. Everyone, you know. Right. Every couple, every family is going to arrive at their own equilibrium. I think the biggest takeaway for me as a husband, I think just for men in general, since typically it goes that way where we're the ones on the, you know, we're the ones committing the infraction, typically, in this yes, scenario. Yes, almost always, right. Is to obviously be aware of it and take the appropriate action, which I think is to communicate is the biggest thing. Like, actually talk yes, about it. Yes, yes. Make a plan specific for your family that works, mm-hmm. right? And then do what you need to do to, like, check in on it. Don't let it be invisible, right? right. Whether you're right. the ones feeling it or something else, like, what can I do, you know... <laughs> You ask that like, you know, well, you know, you should have asked if I help. Instead, like you ask if help is needed, right? And, and, sure. and take on. Start there at least, right? Don't wait to be asked. Ask first. Take it on with grace and joy. And then, you know, if there's something that you can take permanently and you can, I mean, have that conversation, I guess, just about I do think talking talking about specifically it. specifically yes. divvy it up. Because, you know, like, like I said, I don't think everything's necessarily 100% equal in our house. We've done a lot of talking specifically about what's gonna make things easier and how the day can be divvied up and what right. we can do. Um you know, Michelle goes and works out right after work because that helps her work through having to be a therapist and deal with other people's emotions and problems all day. Sure. And not which is hard bring stuff. it home yeah. and be miserable. Right. Yeah. Like that's what we've just, and so, you know, there are things that I do to make that possible. And vice versa. Right. And that was but that was a specific conversation. It didn't just happen. I, you know, Michelle had to say to me, "Hey, this is hard," and I had to be willing to listen and say, "Okay, well, this—what can we do to make it better?" She's like, "Honestly, this is the best way," and then we make it happen. So, yes, it, it, a won't small be, it won't be—it won't happen accidentally. I think no, you've got to do it, it yeah. on purpose. And I don't think you beat yourself up if you haven't done it in the past, or if you're not good at it at first, or you're not—I mean, there's.
0: No, well I, I do think willing, una- unawareness, though. I do think, is maybe not a defense, but it's a reasonable explanation to be like, hey, this was invisible work and I literally didn't see it. And so it could be that your your divvying up of household tasks doesn't change at all. But what does change is that you look at your partner and you say, by the way, I recognize that you're doing this mental work to keep our house running, and I recognize that it's really hard. And that my question of, hey, do you need any help? Or let me know if you need any help, that those are those can be annoying statements, right? The the awareness of that and giving credit for that kind of work, I think goes a long way towards making it feel equal or making it not something that produces resentment.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just to wrap up, I love I'm so thankful that you shared this with me, because this is a concept. I think this is just it it's so big. It's a pretty in our current society, a pretty foundational thing. I agree. For yeah, it's, men, it's everywhere. If we're it's, gonna be, this is a yeah, ubiquitous thing. Yeah, if we're gonna be better husbands and fathers and all that stuff, like this is a big thing. Well, thank you, everybody who stuck with us. Grant, thank you for a great conversation. Yeah, um, I, yeah I enjoyed it a lot. Shout out one more time. The social media. You can email us at uh, tdngcast@gmail.com at gmail dot com. You can mm-hmm. find us uh, on the Twitter at TD and GCAST as well. We'll be tweeting out the episodes as they become available. One more plug for the Movember Foundation. It's the Bro Dudes. So movember.co slash thebrodudes. Please, please do donate. Between. Protect yeah, the prostates. Yeah. Protect the testicles. Exactly. None of us would be here without um, at least <laughs> one of those things. So preserve the human race, right? <laughs> and it is, we're joking, but it is very serious. And I'm also very serious about how much I appreciate uh, those of you that listen and do this and so please give us feedback we we care about that a lot we do but uh this has been another episode of two dads named grant and i'm grant overman i'm grant vickery thanks everybody and we'll catch you again soon